Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Titan Size Podcast. I'm Luke Warsham, joined by the other two hosts of the Titan Size Podcast, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We are back from our uh, brief stint away during the bye week, and we are here to preview Monday night football between the Titans and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, let's start off, though, talking about the trade deadline. I, I just want to get the two of you's thoughts on it, and I'll just say this. The sky is not falling after not trading for Golden Tate or Demarius Thomas. Maybe it wasn't a good decision, but but like it, the Titans aren't gonna like lose the rest of their games because John Robinson didn't give up a draft pick. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, it's pretty clear that if we would have gotten Golden Tate or Demarius <laughs> Thomas, Pierre Garcon, we would be catapulted into favorites for the Super Bowl. So you know, I, I think John. Robinson really messed up on this one. No, I'm kidding. But I mean, not giving up a third for Golden Tate, fine. I, w- I wouldn't have given up a third for Golden Tate, especially if you're not sure if he's going to resign with you after the season. Uh, a fourth for Demarius Thomas is quite rich, in my opinion. Uh, he hasn't been all that great, drops a lot of passes. And then the rest of the options just weren't, weren't good. That, that was about it. So I'm okay. I'm fine. I, I, I didn't think there was a move. I would have been pleasantly surprised. Uh, just because our receivers have been so bad. But I think John Robinson realizes that we're not one player away from even being a playoff contender at this point. So I'm cool with him keeping the draft picks, uh, which honestly at this point uh, in the modern modern NFL are more important than uh, than veteran established players. Yeah, I mean, everybody wanted the Titans to add a dynamic receiver like – go out and get Vincent Jackson or Golden Tate or something like that. But Vincent Jackson? Yeah. Deshaun Jackson. He's retired. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. okay. I, no, I didn't know who you were talking about. Yep. No, I love you know that. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're there, Matthias, because I was like, yeah, Vincent Jackson, you know, <laughs> the star. No, now, now, to be fair, they did it they are both Buccaneers, but. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry. So Deshaun Jackson uh, is the guy I was talking about. You know, you want him to get a, you know, dynamic guy yards after the catch or somebody with deep speed or something like that which is really golden tate or jackson and it was just too much i mean it's just too expensive like everybody cries and they're like you know it doesn't matter about picks and people who value picks over players are playing in the old nfl and the new teams like the rams and the eagles don't play like that yeah that's because they're they have championship rosters and they're adding one guy like they're they're not expecting that this window they have will last for the next 10 years. They know that they've got three or four years and then the NFL has shown that that window will close and you'll have to tear everything down and rebuild unless you're Tom Brady. So 
uh, I mean, I understand the frustration. It's it's very aggravating just when you look at the roster and you realize how thin the wide receiver position is and how they just don't have much help for Mariota in the offense. But at the same time, you've got to plan on Deshaun – or Deshaun, I did it again – uh, with Delaney Walker coming back uh, next year and him being a big part in your offense, and that would fundamentally change the way you play the game. So I, I, I don't I don't know. I, I can see both sides of the argument. I cannot see a reason why you would give up a second or a third-round pick for Golden Tate when he's just going to leave in free agency or <clears throat> you have equally – I mean, gotten him just as easily in free agency as the – I mean – None of that makes sense to me in long term, and I don't think the Titans are a championship roster right now. Like, did, it, like Matias mm-hmm. said, look at this team and think they're one wide receiver away from a Super Bowl run, and the answer is no. So I don't understand all this outrage, other than the fact of fans are frustrated that the Titans aren't winning, and they really wanted something fun to happen, and it didn't happen. So now they're kind of yeah. I think that, I think that's where it stems from. Yeah, I like. I understand being frustrated, but I think their frustration is kind of misguided. If you want to get mad at John Robinson uh, for anything, uh, make it possibly misevaluating Taewon Taylor and Johnny Smith. Get mad at him for that because they don't well, I, legitimate NFL players. I think the NFL jury players. is still out on Taylor. No, no, I know. Taylor. Maybe not Johnny. I mean, Johnny was kind of bad. John Johnu is almost cuttable at this point, and I don't think I'm exaggerating. I think he would clear waivers if he was cut. I think so too, man. He looks Practice really bad. Quite eligible. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't think it, there's a reason to get mad at the front office for not making a move. The, the what was out there wasn't all that great to begin with. Uh, the only really one was uh, the the two were Golden Tate and Deshaun Jackson. Really, I think those were the two guys that most people wanted. Golden Tate went for a third round pick, which is just too much, which we said. And then Deshaun Jackson was—I don't even think he was available. He, by he the wasn't end of the, because uh, yeah. there were lots of reports saying that. No, no, yeah. I, I will say this: uh, something we always forget about—I always forget about—is compensatory picks. So, you know, Titans get Golden Tate for eight games. They decide not to pay him. He goes somewhere for twelve million dollars a year. Titans don't do that much in free agency. They get a third round or fourth round pick back. But it's a it's a risk. It's still a risk. It's and not then like, it's not like a guarantee. And then the fan base gets mad at, at the front office for not doing enough in free agency. Yes, it's this endless cycle. And you know what, guys? I'll say this before we move on. You wanted them to do stuff in free agency. They went out and they got your boy Malcolm Butler. How's that working out? <laughs> right. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, not, not that John Robinson is blameless in all of this, but. Good Lord, I mean, he's not the problem. Yeah, I mean, if this team was 5-2 and two and they they were a wide receiver away, like, I can completely understand, like, them going out and making a move for Golden Tate. But they're not. Like, do we think – like, it goes back to the question, do you think they're one number two receiver away from being a championship team? And you can't say that no. they are. So now you have to think, what is the smartest team for what is the smartest move for this team over the next three years? And as much as you might not like it, John Robinson's going to go like this and not trade a pick. He's going to go into the offseason. He'll probably sign a wide receiver who's in that second wave to be a wide receiver two to Corey Davis, or he'll spend a second round pick on him and we'll go from there. Like, it, that's that's just what's going to happen. Um, 
Okay, so let's move on. Before we get into previewing the, the Monday night game, let's talk about Jalston Fowler coming back. Uh, kind of came out of left field. I was very shocked when I saw first saw the transaction. Um, you know, I think it shows, number one, that they're trying everything they can to get this rushing attack working, which is a good thing. And if you think back to this uh, this offense that the Titans want to run, the LaFleur, McVay, Shanahan, whatever offense, when it's worked the best, it's worked with a fullback, right? Kyle Shanahan has a Kyle Juszczyk. Um, Washington had Daryl Young. And um, uh, uh, Patrick DeMarco was in Atlanta yes. when Kyle Shanahan was there. And Jalston Fowler, pre-draft, was a guy that uh, compared favorably to all of those guys. And so I think this is a pretty smart move on the Titans' part. Uh, I think... I, I didn't mind Fowler when he played, but I didn't think he played enough. We really didn't use him. Yeah, uh, I, I think, in, that, I think that, that was the problem with Fowler. It's yeah. not that he was bad. It's that he wasn't worth a roster spot because he wasn't used enough. But. Yeah, it was really weird. I mean, we totally went away from even using a fullback, especially um, in 2017. I think it was used more, maybe 2016 and, and 2015. I think it was used more than uh, than last season. So, I mean, we always thought that he should be used more in the passing game, sort of like a like an H back, you know. So, like like check. I mean, Uchek gets an absurd amount of catches. I'm not expecting that. But Demarco uh, for the Falcons, he's used pretty in the past game, uh, and they move him around the formations all the time. So I think if you use him in that capacity, uh, he can actually bring some value. Uh, but I, I mean, some of the fans thinking that he's just going to completely solve our our running game woes. I, I think that's. I don't think that's going to happen. He might improve on on a couple of plays here and there, just having that lead block can pave the way a little bit. But I, I don't know if Henry's all that much better with a fullback in front of him. Uh, Deion Lewis might be because the Patriots used uh, James Devlin a lot uh, last season, and Deion Lewis had, had one of the better seasons in the entire NFL. So but we'll see if Fowler can have that type of impact. Yeah, I mean, Fowler's fun to watch. Like, he was always a really good lead blocker when he was here. I expect him to be the same guy. You know, maybe it'll help with the interior offensive line, which just is not doing a good job so far. You know, maybe if their scheme says, okay, we're going to climb to the linebacker like this with Fowler in there, he said, okay, well, he can take the linebacker, and all you've got to worry about is the A-gap in front of us, and and they can treat it that way where you're not asking your guys to do as much. But I, I don't think he'll solve the problem in the running game, but I think he automatically comes in and is your best third and one running back. And I'm not talking about a fullback dive. I'm talking about just line him up in a single back formation and go four wide receivers and make everybody spread out and run it into a light box. Like, I mean, that that makes a ton of sense to me on paper. And then you can immediately go hurry up and have Deion Lewis already out on the field, and then you can run whatever formation you want to run. So maybe they'll use him on some tight end looks. Maybe it'll be some single back looks, probably mostly the traditional two back set looks. But I mean, I think you can use him several different ways. And I'm interested to see if they use him exactly like they were using Stalker before, where they motioned him from inline tight end back to fullback and vice versa, or if it's strictly you're going to line up in the backfield no matter what. So uh, let's move into the injury report, as we always start with. Um, because of the fact that it's a Monday night game, we're doing this a little earlier in the practice process than we usually would. Uh, 
So we just have one day worth of injury reports. So let's start with the Cowboys. Um, no practice on Thursday was uh, Tavon Austin, Randy Gregory, Zach Martin, Jeff Swaim, and linebacker Joe Thomas. Limited was uh, David Irving and Byron Jones, and Chidobe Awuzie was a full participant. Nothing really stands out there. I guess Zach Martin, uh, uh, but, but he's been out for oh. a while, if I recall correctly, right? <laughs> Uh, David Irvin is. Oh yeah, that's right. He, uh, yeah, he's good. he got carded. He's yeah. out for the year potentially. Uh, yeah, so, like it, he was carded off the practice field, so he probably won't play this week. Yeah, I, I, that, I, that's I, the big I'm gonna news. admit my ignorance. I don't really know that much about David Irving. He's a good rotational pass rusher. Nothing. Yeah, he, he, game changer, but you know he's he does his job. Yeah, and they don't they don't really have anybody else who does. I mean, like they as far as defensive tackles go, like they just don't have a bunch of upfield penetrator types except for Urban. And when he comes in and Demarcus Lawrence is on and Sean Lee's on, it makes that front seven a whole whole different kind of thing. Like this just takes one pass rushing dimension out of their defense, and which it's great for the Titans. I, I hate it for the guy because I actually like watching him when he's not playing the Titans. But I mean. That's maybe their third best defensive player against the weakest part of the weakest unit for the Titans. So, I mean that that can only help Tennessee. Um, Zach Martin, I think I got him confused a second ago with Travis Frederick. Tra- Frederick is the one with the illness who's been out yeah. for a while. Correct. So, right. what's Zach Martin's deal? Says uh, he's listed with a knee injury. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure, but if he's out, that is a massive loss. He's no. I don't think he'll be out. I think it's probably just a rest day, right? Like, it, it, was he limited or was he no practice? No, or, practice. no practice. Um, I, I do know this. After I do know a bye that, week, nonetheless. Yeah. I do know that the um, people that cover the Dallas Cowboys say that Tyron Smith and uh, Zach Martin are having the worst years of their career and not that they're terrible bottom five players, but just they're not at that same pro bowl level. And I would imagine for Tyron Smith, it's the accumulation of all the injuries he's had just, you know, groin and back and all that different stuff he's had. Plus Zach Martin, not having the best center in the NFL next to him hurts him too. So uh, the Titans offensive line has been disappointing, but the Cowboys' offensive line has been like an under-the-radar, underperforming candidate. So, uh, I mean, maybe he's banged up, and maybe that's why Martin hadn't been playing as well. But, again, that's that's only good news for a Titans defensive line who really hadn't done much outside of Jarrell Casey. Yeah, I, I, as dominant as he was in past years, I don't think anyone on the Cowboys' line really has. I mean, they're really feeling uh, that Frederick absence. Um, but uh, I mean, if Martin is out, that's, that's a massive loss just because he's probably their second most talented guy on that line. Uh, and probably the guy who's played the best. Uh, Tyron Smith has been a little bit disappointing. Like you said, uh, he hasn't been nearly as dominant as he used to be in, in previous years. Uh, and we've kind of seen it. Their running game has kind of struggled. Um, it seems like they, they've been very inconsistent. So if Zach Martin's out, uh, that's a huge loss. Um, and then the other guys, uh, Swaim is a is a interesting tight end. Um, he's very athletic. He can catch passes. Um, not that great of a blocker, I don't think, but he's more of like that athletic tight end type. Uh, Tavon Austin is terrible. He doesn't matter. And uh, <laughs> and he, Randy Gregory, uh, if he's out, and if David Irving is out, they're, they're gonna have some 
some some issues getting to the pass rusher because Gregory uh, is one of the guys they count count on, especially on the edge, um, to come in, uh, get pressure off the edge, and, and also be a decent run stopper, which he usually is. So th- that'll be a big loss for them as well. Yeah, they'd be down to like Taco Charlton, right? Like who's been the Dallas yeah. Evan Dodd, except they spent a first round pick on him. Yeah, he's not very good. So yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Titans injury situation. They're a team that's that's really getting healthier. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro is going to be back. Quentin Spain's going to be well. He, he played in the last game. Uh, Will Compton's going to be back. Uh, Josh Klein was limited, but Vrabel says essentially said today that he will play. Um, the only person I would really worry about would be Derek Morgan. He missed practice on Thursday with a shoulder problem. He also did not play, if I recall correctly, before the bye against uh, Los Angeles, did he? Right. No, you're right. So, no, that was expected to be a, a multi-week action. Yeah, that's so. right. No, um, sorry, over the bye week, I kind of lose things. Uh, so mm-hmm. he's probably iffy. But then there's this Corey Davis hamstring limited participation thing. Titans fans have to be sick of this, right? No. It's a maintenance no. day, in my opinion. Yeah. Why hey, is he getting maintenance I'm, days? What has he done to warrant a maintenance day? He's the only receiver the Titans have. <laughs> well, that can but, catch the ball. I thought he's been good. I mean, it, it, I mean, you get a maintenance day if you're the only guy at your position that's alive. It's, I don't know. I mean, it's not. It's not like he's Calvin Johnson, but if he's not healthy, then you have Darius Jennings, Tajay Sharp, and Taewon Taylor. You're starting wide receivers. Who's going to catch a pass over 15 yards if Corey Davis is out? Nobody. No one. No one. No I think one. anyone can catch. If Corey and Davis, no one else could get if, open down the If field. Corey Davis gets hurt, I think he just uh, throw Delaney out there with a boot and everything yeah. and, and crutches I mean, and just have him run route with the crutches I, and, and drop the crutches before the ball gets there so he can catch it and then go down and grab the crutches. I would go so far as to say put Mariota at receiver if that happens. And who hey, quarterback? The Castle or what? No, Gabbert. That's his name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mario just got good speed, man. He's probably he's a good route runner. Two he caught that one. Yeah, you're right. One, yeah. one from himself and one from... Uh, Correct. But, the, but, the, but the thing with Mariota is if he were a receiver and it didn't work out, it would always be someone else's fault. <laughs> well, the good thing is, is if Mariota was a receiver, uh, at least there wouldn't be drop passes. So... You'd think he'd cast all the passes. I mean... I trust well, he's technically one of the best receivers in uh, franchise history. Yeah, yeah like, two nothing. targets, one touchdown. Yeah, yeah, but he caught he caught another touchdown on a pass that he wasn't even targeted on. So I don't know. Oh, man. That's right, I it, forgot about that one. Yeah, so I don't know, like pretty great uh, percentages there. But uh, what do I know? List of players to attempt to pass to Marcus Mariota. DeMarco Murray, Marcus Mariota, and Antonio Andrews. That, Who's that, the odd man out? That would have been a really fun uh, trivia question. Is name the three players who've had a pass gone that's gone to Marcus Mariota? Yeah, that that would have been a good. To one. see if we would have remembered Mariota off the cuff. Yeah. Um. No, it was Andrews, right? Yeah, it was Antonio Andrews. Because yeah. Demarco's a lefty. No, no, he's not. Demarco's no, a right. No, Eric Deck. Eric Decker. Eric Decker's a lefty. <laughs> I have a thread on Twitter that I posted before the preseason. It was like my five worst plays in the Robisky yeah. area era, and I think that was number two. Delaney Walker sweep number one. No, because that scored. Yeah, that worked once, but we ran it like four or five times that year. <laughs> um, 
No, I think my number one was uh, against Kansas City in the playoffs when they went for two and put Josh Klein at wide receiver. Uh, y'all remember when there was a fake punt we did that was just terrible? Uh, I know exactly I what you're talking about. It was the one to Valentino Blake against Indianapolis yep, in 2016 or 17, one of the two. I, I, that, that is 100% yeah. it. I was just thinking, I was like, why do I think that Antoine Blake, I refuse to call him Valentino, uh, was <laughs> the guy who was involved in that? I was like, was I just misplacing my, my least favorite Titan of all time, by the way? Yeah, it's up there. That, That's a good. That pick. was such a bad game for him. That was in his span where he was on ESPN's "Come On Man" three weeks in a row. Oh, I can't wait till we do the our our most hated Titans players podcast. Oh, that, that's coming that's, in the off season, guys. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a good podcast. Like our most hated and most loved uh, Rushmore. Uh, okay, we, we let's get back on track with this this football game that's coming. Be <laughs> really straight off. Let, let's let's preview the game, which is why people are listening. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Dallas Cowboys, kind of position by position, like we like to do. Uh, start with the offensive backfield: Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. One of those players is very very good. <laughs> the other one the is other not. It's Dak Prescott. <laughs> what, what's up with Dak this year? You know, I actually, he started really bad, like really bad. But over the weeks, he actually hasn't been too terrible. Uh, one of those games was against the Jaguars. He really didn't have to do much. Uh, Cole Beasley was just running open the whole game, uh, and he found him for 180 yards and, and two touchdowns. Uh, but last week, he was pretty good, and he's been making a lot of um, a lot of plays with his legs, uh, which I, I, I don't know off the top of my head if the, if the Titans have really struggled against that. Uh, I don't think they have because Deshaun Watson didn't really do much uh, when we played against him. And, they uh, and I don't think, yeah, I, did, I was going to say, I didn't think Bortles did too much either. Uh, but Dak already has 236 rushing yards. Uh, over the last three weeks, he's accumulated totals of 34, 82, and 33. And he's got two rushing touchdowns uh, in in each of the, well, one rushing touchdown in each of the games. So that's definitely something that the Titans linebackers uh, have to, take account of uh but i feel pretty confident that they'll be able to to keep him within the pocket just because we have jay on brown running around everywhere and he can just pretty much contain everything also harold landry yeah fantastic at containing quarterbacks yeah like really great closing speed and screen awareness which yeah. does not come easy for a rookie that that doesn't get talked about enough because he's not getting sacks right now but every time he's on the field and they try to run a screen underneath him he immediately sniffs it out and at least cuts off like the run back lane but that, that's kind of a different topic so th- this may be the fact that i've only seen dak like three times but my impression of him is he's pretty decent with underneath with like five to ten yard routes and unless there's somebody schemed open that's supposed to be his first read pre-snap, he doesn't throw the ball deep. Like, even if there are guys, like, on deep routes that are running wide open, I think uh, Michael Gallup had a play where he had, like, four or five steps on a defender last week against Washington, and just Dak just never looked his way. Unless you've got a guy, you've got Garrett screaming in your ear and saying, look, this is who you need to target deep, he's going to be open. I don't think he likes to throw those. Uh, and I don't know whether that's because he has Zeke in the backfield and he knows, you know, live another day and then dump off a screen to Zeke and let him take it for 70 yards. But that that's kind of my impression of him. Zeke's great. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we need to talk about Zeke. Zeke is 
good. The second best, the second best running back in the league. I mean, like it, it, nobody can argue Todd Gurley, but I mean it's him and Saquon maybe in terms of guys who I think are really fun to watch who are outperforming the talent around them. Um, it it's cool when you see top five running backs like do well. And you don't see somebody who's got to have like 25 or 30 carries to break 100 yards that everybody swears is a good running back for two years uh, like they do in Jacksonville. But like it's, it's fun to watch actually explosive players make plays without, you know, needing 25 touches a game. But that's that's cool to see. Like I can see why it's been a top five pick for that kind of guy. But uh, yeah, yeah, Zeke's good. Uh, we'll talk some about Jacksonville at the end of this episode because I do want to do an, an AFC South update. Let's move to uh, – look, there's no point in talking about the Dallas offensive line. We know what it is. We talked about it during the injury report. They're good, struggling a little bit, but they're still above average at worst. Let's talk about the perimeter for Dallas because going into this season, you know, they moved on from Des Bryant. Um, they picked up Alan Hearns in free agency. And it just wasn't working out. So they went out, they gave up a first-round pick for Maury Cooper. Jason Garrett said today that, you know, Cooper is a talented player, but he's still having to – the way he answered the question of, you know, is Cooper fitting in right now, it sounded to me as if Cooper is not yet ingrained into this offense. So I don't know that we'll see much of him on Monday night. But when he does become – fully ingrained in the system, do you guys think he'll be able to provide them with anything? Sure, just because their other receivers haven't really done much. Uh, Gallup was a, a promising rookie, looked really good in the preseason, uh, but they just he, he hasn't done pretty much anything this entire season. Uh, up until uh, last week, he caught a long touchdown, I believe, um, but he was like wide open. So, And Alan Hearns really... Uh, I thought he was going to be kind of go in there and be their number one, but I, I'm not sure if he's just not very good or if it's just the scheme uh, because he hasn't done anything all season. Uh, Cole Beasley is really their 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 main guy, but he's a slot guy who doesn't really provide you with any any sort of explosiveness. He's just one of those Danny Amendola, Willie Sneed types of players. So, I mean, as soon as Cooper gets up to date with the playbook, which I'm assuming – should have already happened. I, I mean, you're not you're not going to learn the playbook in a week, but you should be able to uh, within a week. It, it, in fact, it's been more than a week because I think he got traded uh, while they, they were in the middle of their bye week. Um, so I I think he's going to step in and play at least half of the snaps uh, and definitely make an impact. I, they traded a first round pick for him, so I wouldn't be surprised to just see him go out there and then start feeding him the ball um, because he's the type of receiver that they haven't had. Someone that they can throw to in contested catch situations, scheme open uh, on screens and stuff like that, and just just let him make for the catch. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like Cooper. I really was on board with the Titans trading a second for him. Like, I think Cooper is a good player, and he's young, and he's got a ton of talent. Like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, he may play. He may play every snap, honestly, just because they don't have much at wide receiver, but. Like he he could probably be effective on fifty percent of the snaps uh, on Monday and still be their best receiver. He's just athletically and from a polished NFL veteran standpoint. I mean he's he's their best wide receiver immediately, even if he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. So will Dak trust him early? I don't know. 
if he throws a ball and Amari Cooper runs the wrong route, like it could really screw them up because it could just make it to where he doesn't even look his way or the coaches pull him or something like that. But I mean, he's athletic enough where they could just immediately throw him a wide receiver screen and I could see him having a 60 yard touchdown run. So I don't, I don't know if that'll happen, but I mean, I think he's a good play. Like I think he is a player that, if he was available for a second round pick and everybody was transparent, 15 teams in the NFL would have offered a second round pick for him. So uh, I think, I think Amari Cooper is great. I'm in the minority because it's easy to hate on Amari Cooper right now, but I mean, I like what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to the, the other side of the ball and talk about the Cowboys defense. I think obviously the strength of their defense is at inside linebacker, a position where now they're fully healthy. Or I say inside, by that I mean stand up. It's a 4-3 defense. So Sean Lee, Leighton Vander Esch, and uh, uh, Jalen Smith. Three guys that, I mean, would you, okay, I'm gonna pose this question just for the discussion about these guys. Would you rather have those three guys or the Jaguars stand up linebackers? I think Dallas has the best linebacking core in the entire NFL. I don't don't think you're wrong. I think I think Telvin Smith is the best of all of them. But like, I would rather have uh, you know LVE and uh, Jalen Smith than Jack and whoever else Jacksonville has. Yeah, it's like it's like would you like one of the most explosive linebackers in the NFL or a complete linebacker unit? Like, which is a good argument to have, but I just think at the end of the day, it's so easy to pick off the bad linebacker when you're like scheming against stuff. Like, if you've got no linebackers, it's just so hard to scheme that. They have just such a nice mix within all of, all of their linebackers they because really do. Jalen Smith is just so explosive going down from his linebacker position. He makes plays in the backfield all the time. And even if he misses, Leighton Vanderesh is there to just clean it up. Uh, the guy's missed two tackles the entire season, and he has 46. I mean, I mean, uh, Vanderesh has been has highly exceeded my expectations already. Uh, I thought he was a, a fine prospect coming out. I didn't see him as this like Luke Keekly type of player. He looks like a Luke Keekly s type of linebacker. Uh, and then we we all know how good Sean Lee is whenever he's healthy, which is like never, but. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the best run-stopping linebackers there is in the NFL uh, when he's fully healthy, and he seems to be now, But because I think he played a full allotment of snaps last week, so he should be good in this one. Yep, I mean, they, they do everything well. Like, it's it's the best linebacking core in the NFL. Like, I, I wish there was one terrible guy the Titans could pick on, but there's just not. Like, they're, they're not going to be able to do anything over the middle of the field. Let's talk about the... Uh move a little closer up front and talk about the defensive line. Obviously, DeMarcus Lawrence was one of the best pass rushers in the NFL last season, and he's played pretty well still this season. But, I mean, other than him, I feel like that unit leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, especially if Randy Gregory's out, because then uh, I think Taco Charlton has been the other starter, but he's just like, I don't know. He's, he's, not, he's not this impact type of player. He only has one sack on the year. He he really doesn't do all that much damage. He's just like a, a decent player, probably better in, in, in rush defense than, than as a pass rusher. Uh, then their other guys are uh, Dorrance Armstrong. I think he's the rookie out of Kansas. I'm going to be honest. I don't know a lot about him. 
but he doesn't have very good uh, very good PFF grade. So there's that. And then that's about it. That's really all they have on the edge. Um, you want to talk about the interior also? Sure. Yeah, so on the interior, they have uh, this guy the Titans used to have, and they never gave a chance. His name is Antoine Woods, and he's been a very serviceable uh, guy at defensive tackle, really good run stopper, which we all saw in the preseason and sometimes in games when he got the chance. Uh, but we decided to let him, him go, and now he's pr- pretty much a starter for Dallas, and he's a very good uh, piece within their defense. Uh, we already talked about David Irving injured. Um, and then they're really more oriented, although if Randy Gregory is out, um, and especially with David Irving being out, um, I think their defensive line is a little bit underwhelming given those injuries, uh, aside from Demarcus Lawrence, who's just a game wrecker. Yeah, I mean, really the whole defensive line starts and ends with Demarcus Lawrence. Like, if you're going to simplify it like that, like, if you're thinking which player do we need to stop, it's Lawrence. And I mean, especially with Jostin Fowler back, I could see them having, you know, two backs in the backfield and having him chip and then release to help the tackles. But I mean, all, all in all, like, I'm just not scared of this defensive line at all. Like, if I had any confidence in the Titans' ability to run the ball, I, I would think that they would try to make as much hay as they could running. You know, not necessarily up the middle because you don't want to run right into the teeth of those linebackers. But I mean, I think they could get the edge anytime they wanted to run outside. So, it, theoretically, this is where you should attack this team. But I don't know that the Titans will get out of their script enough to actually do that. But if they do, I mean, this should be the biggest mismatch just in terms of your two best offensive players in Conklin and Lawan or on the offensive line against a weak defensive line, like that's that's where your advantage should be. Is is Lawrence more of like a power guy or speed guy? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, he's more like hand use. Like okay. he's just really like he he's athletic and he can he's got you know good counters and he can win off you know just an outside rip move and dip and get underneath you and all that. But I mean, he's just so hard to have like a good set against like you can't just speed set against him because he can go inside you but you can't short set him either because he can dip and go around you and he's like six like i think his wingspan is extra long in my head like maybe it's not maybe it's just how well he uses extension and how well he uses leverage but in my Mm -hmm. head he's like six four but he's got six foot six arms um yeah He's just he's just that kind of player like and he's just really solid like if you try to run the ball at him like and you do something stupid like try to block him with a tight end or running back or whatever you're trying to do like he's going to get off that like you have to actually like treat him like a defensive lineman that could play and didn't just rushing up field so i mean he's good like he's going to be a free agent this year and i'm sure they're going to give him the tag but if they don't i mean every team in the nfl should offer him a 20 million contract tomorrow including the titans like he, he, mm-hmm. uh, lawrence i thought lawrence, we've had like, this discussion before I thought he was on a long-term deal, but he's not. No, yeah, we, we no, he's on the franchise tag. Yeah, we have had this conversation before. <laughs> uh, no, he's he's on a franchise tag. Like he, he's, they're playing it out. I think he averages more than a sack a game over the last two years. Um, but that that could be that could he be. Had, he had fifteen last year, and he has five and a half this year. 
So yeah. slightly wrong, but almost. Yeah, like he he's averaging like point nine. Like he he's right under it, which is crazy. I mean, like he he's on pace for thirty sacks or twenty eight sacks in two seasons. Like that's that's really good, but. I, I don't know. For for some reason, he won't get the money, but like, or he'll get the tag, and then eventually, like, he'll get hurt or something like that. The way it always works. But I mean, I, if he stays healthy, which he has been the last two years, like, he's one of the best four three defensive ends in football. Yeah, I'll uh, well, just one last thing. Uh, I'm not too concerned about their defensive line because I think we match up pretty well, and I think Conklin could, can have a a good game against Lawrence. But if Klein doesn't play and if Corey Levin starts, then we have problems because Corey Levin is really bad. Yeah, he like was, he was our worst player against the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not super afraid of Tyrone Crawford or uh, Collins or anybody like that or Woods. But if they get to play against Levin and he plays like he did against the Chargers, I'm immediately scared of them. Yeah. So let's talk about one last position, you know, group, uh, the defensive backs. Matias, you called uh, Byron Jones one of the top five corners in the NFL. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just let you lead off this. He is very good. If you want to go by PFF grades, he has a no, 90.1 grade. No, I never want to go by PFF grades. <laughs> no, but he really he, – he really is very good. Uh, he's been targeted 25 times, has given up just 13 receptions for um, zero touchdowns, has five pass deflections. He's, he's pretty much down any wide, wide receiver one that lines up against them. Um, and I'm pretty sure he shadows, I'm assuming, because uh, whenever they play against these big-time receivers, they just really come up with, with not great stat lines. And I think a lot of that has to do with, with Jones. Um, he used to be a safety, I think, early in his career, and then they moved him to quarterback, and it is probably the best decision um, that Dallas has made in quite some time. And um, this Dallas defense in general, I, I mean, he probably, like, their player, but they just, they play way above their their level, and they always seem to, to just have these really deep defensive performances um, I, I don't know who their defensive coordinator is. It is 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 it Marinelli? Rod Marinelli? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's been he's just been an overachiever for I don't even know how long. However, ha- however long he's been uh, with the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, they just always seem to to be a really good defense. And you pair that with the offense running at one of the slowest paces in the entire NFL, um, and p- particularly because they just love running the ball, uh, moving the chains, and just melting the clock. Um, it just melts perfectly with their with defense. But the problem is that their defensive talent isn't all that great, and particularly um, in the secondary, uh, where their safeties kind of they're, they're just not very good. I mean, Jeff Heath is one of their starters, and he's not—he's just not good. It, that's that's really all I have to say for him. Um, and they—they they have another rookie who I think starts, uh, Xavier Woods, um, who I liked coming out. I thought he was a decent mid-round pick, but he hasn't been very good. Uh, and then they mix in Kavon Frazier, who was who was pretty good last year. Uh, I thought he made a lot of really good plays um, whenever I saw them, but he's really struggled this year. So I definitely think they're attackable in the back end, away from Byron. Um, and kind of away from Jordan Lewis, who, who who's pretty solid. But the problem is the Titans have no one to attack them, so it's not even going to matter. 
<laughs> yeah, like this is this is one of those conversations where everybody who's listening to the beginning of the podcast is going to be like, "Well, see, now you are contradicting yourselves." But yeah, I mean, the lack of not having a number two wide receiver is really going to kind of screw the Titans in this game because if they want to, they can just eliminate Corey Davis. Like mm-hmm. Byron Jones is great. Like he he has to play against Odell and Alshon Jeffrey. Like it's it's not going to be the hardest test he faced all year. Like he knows how to stop these kind of guys, but maybe they don't do that. Maybe they just take, you know, maybe they just play man coverage and they play a side and maybe they won't shadow this week or whatever. And the Titans can move them in the slot. But I mean, you've really got to hope that the whole bye week they were like, okay, our new plan is to get Tajay Sharp the ball more frequently, especially in, you know, third down situations, which I think he actually has like the most third down conversions of any receiver. Uh, or he's tied with T.Y. Hilton on third and five or more, but that's a whole different stat. But the point is, is he's got to be the guy you look to for consistency, and Taewon has to be the guy you look to three or four times a game who's more of a gadget guy and a guy to distract the defense with motions and you know lining them up in the backfield and doing weird stuff like that to really keep the defense on their toes. But the real number two in terms of targets and in terms of who you're scheming and you know what your check down is has to be Tajay Sharp like that's got to be the change they make and maybe you know because Jordan Lewis has been fine I love Jordan Lewis coming out of Michigan but I don't think he's been as good as I thought he would be um he's probably I mean he he would be the third corner like he's not Logan Butler or Logan he's Ryan. Been, God, he doesn't play as much as as he should probably yeah Wouzier plays a ton I don't know why he he is actually Logan Butler. He's right in the middle of Logan, Logan Butler. Butler. Yeah, so I was I was right in my head, but uh, yeah, I mean, like Chidobe's good. Like I, I didn't think he would be as good as he was, but like I I, I think he's fine. So I, I mean, I, I I don't know. Like there will be matchups the Titans can exploit, but it's you're really going to feel the fact that you don't have a second wide receiver this week, and everybody's going to point to that and say, you know. Well, Tajay Sharp only had 60 yards receiving and blah, 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 and that, that's going to suck. Like, that, this would have been a great week to have a second wide receiver, and it's going to show up when we have 13 points at the end of the game. But, I mean, this is just going to be a week where you've got to kind of grin and bear it. Sure, I was – just a couple stats here. Not really analytical, but I, I'm just shocked <laughs> by the Dallas defense. They have given up third least – yards per game total yards per game uh and they're the the second second best second best and also second best defense in terms of points per game they're only giving up 17.6 a game by the way do you know who the the first best red zone defense is the titans Titans. yeah yeah we're third in in points per game if only our offense wasn't absolutely terrible yeah Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> so um, as we wrap up the preview portion, stay tuned because we are going to talk about the rest of the AFC South. But I want to hit on um, the, the uh, so maybe some, some key ways that the Titans need to attack the Cowboys. We talked about you know, whether the run game is going to be effective against these linebackers. So, so what, what do you guys think is the most effective way for the Titans offense to, to attack Dallas defense and then the other way around? Uh, Deion Lewis, just uh, the only way I I think that we can attack their defense is getting Deion Lewis out in space. Uh, Jalen Smith is much better north-south than he is going laterally. Um, just because he's like, 
he's really he plays really high up. Um, so I, I think Deion Lewis can have a pretty good uh, matchup there. And, and Sean Lee is is good in space. Not and Leighton Vanderish also the same. Um, he can get there, but he, Deion Lewis is one of the most shifty, electrifying players. Uh, in the NFL, so I think we need to run most of our offense through him, uh, and I think that's probably the best best way to attack this team because Derrick Henry, th- this is not this is not the map uh, for for Henry to <laughs> to break for, to break out of his slump. Yeah, uh, I don't know when that matchup is coming to be honest. Um, <laughs> Next preseason. Yeah. So, uh, what was the other? What, what how, the other how to game? attack us? Are they going to attack us? Probably no, 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 no. I mean, uh, I mean, how will the Titans' defense attack Dak Prescott? Oh, okay, I'm a mm. I just got to get a pass rush on him. Our, although our pass rush has been just absolutely, uh, it's been just so inconsistent. It, it feels like one, uh, we're just pouring pressure on cornerback quarterbacks, and then the next week it's the Baltimore game, and we can't even put a hand on Joe Flacco. So. I don't know. It's just been really frustrating. Uh, but you, you need a pressure, Dak. If you sack him a couple times, uh, like Washington did last week, and, and just get him a little rattled, he's going to start missing high. He's going to start missing low. Um, and inaccurate Dak is the worst thing that could happen to the Cowboys' offense because if they don't move the chains on third down, um, they're they're done. They'll score like 13 points, uh, and they're going to lose the game on like giving up five, six field goals. So the Titans just need to get pressure. Uh, with Morgan out, it's, it's going to be tough, but we, we need Harold Landry to have a good game. Uh, Arakpo, uh, I don't know. It's going to be a tough matchup for him with Tyron Smith. So I think we're probably better off um, uh, with Harold Landry going against their right tackle. Yeah, so uh, in the same vein, yeah, you've got to get to Dak Prescott. The way I would do it is I would attack Connor Williams, the rookie from Texas. Like, he... <sighs> Uh, he's listed at like 300 or 305 or something, but you look at him on the field and you look at the all 22 and he looks like he's a hundred pounds. Like he's so slight for somebody who's listed as being so big. And I mean, if you put Jarrell Casey over him, Jarrell Casey's got to win that matchup. Just not because he's light necessarily, but just because Connor Williams hadn't been very good. So, I mean, that's, that's the position where I think, okay, this is the guy who's playing the best on your defense versus the weakest link in their armor, and that that that's where I would attack. I would attack it with X stunts with the linebacker. Now, it's going to be weird this week because I would not blitz Jayon Brown because I would be afraid of Ezekiel Elliott getting out and being able to go through Wesley Woodyard, not because Woodyard's not strong or physical enough, but just because, like, You've really got to have a head of steam when you go after Zeke. Like you've got to come out fast and you've got to come out low, or else he's just going to be so much stronger and his balance is so good that, I mean, if you just try to solidly tackle him from the side, it's so easy for him to stiff arm and get extra yards. So I would leave Zach Brown. Zach Brown. Golly, I'm having. Kind of <laughs> you really are. Uh, this isn't your night yeah. with names. Uh, yeah. Pro Bowl, Zach yeah. Brown. Yeah, Pro Bowl uh, elite <laughs> linebacker. Uh, we're recording this a little later than we normally do. So, we are. Uh, and I, I have a seven-month-old baby, so y'all cut me some slack. Uh, so I would leave Jalen Brown back and let him kind of patrol and make sure uh, Dak didn't do any of those weird keepers that he does where he scampers and gets 20 yards. Like That would be my game plan on defense. On offense, um, and maybe this is just some weird recency bias I have, but 
it makes a lot of sense to me, like I talked about earlier, using Fowler a lot. Like, if you're going to run the ball, don't do it with John U. Smith as your number one tight end. Do it with Fowler in the backfield. Spread everything out. Make them come out in a nickel package where they have to take one of those linebackers off the field and then use your fullback and just attack like that. So it sounds simple. I don't know if they'll do it. but And, and you can do that a ton of ways. You can run counters. You can run double screens. You can run you know right to left with a counter underneath it, it with, with a zone read kind of thing. There's a hundred ways you can run with a fullback where it's not just straight you know iso power up the middle like there's a bunch of creative ways you can use a tight end even though we haven't seen them because the coaches we've had over the last few years but i mean matt lafleur knows the right way i mean whether he does it or not is different but he knows the right way to use a tight end that's not super predictable so that's what i would do with this defense is keep him off balance try to get Mariota out of the pocket sometimes and let him just run and then other than that like find a way to get Deion lewis 20 to 25 touches because like you said I mean, Derrick Henry's best when he gets five yards of steam. Like, we've talked about that a bunch. And against these linebackers, he's just not going to get that. So you've got to have Deion Lewis in. He's got to get 20 to 25 touches. And Fowler's got to be out there at least 15 running snaps. That, that's that's how I would attack him. I'm, uh, I, I think Monday night is going to be when my Derrick Henry frustrations really boil over, man. I, I, I feel it. Oh, they've been me a long time <laughs> I know, I know. I've held out for a while, but I think this is going to be the one on national. He's just going to make too many mistakes, and on the time size account, I'm just going to unleash, and it's going to be bad. Okay, would it shock you if this is the game where, for some reason, they run just like crackbacks with all the wide receivers, yeah. <laughs> and like they pin the linebackers in, and he goes against uh, Chidobe Awuze and just stiff arms him? And oh yeah, no. Up with a He's going for 150 touchdown. yards. Once. Yeah, like this. Seems, I said this. Yeah, like this seems like that kind of game. Like it just seems like you know the game where everybody's finally said, okay, Derrick Henry's not going to have a good game, and he is kind of quietly coming off of the best game of the season, his best game of the season last week, where he actually caught the ball and looked functional and had a touchdown run up the middle where he looked like a you know 230 pound six foot three a running back should look like. So I mean. Would it be crazy for him to have like a hundred and twenty-five yard game on twelve carries, and everybody like getting our Twitter mentions after this, and just be like, "LOL, you said that Deion Lewis was a better running back than Derrick Henry," like just because you know that's the way it always happens. I do think it's crazy. I don't think it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had a good game last week, and he averaged two point eight yards a carry. So I don't. I'm yeah. Done. I- Go out like we. You heard it here first. Like we're saying, Derrick Henry's gonna have a bad game. So if there's a prop bet, bet on any uh, online service, <laughs> go, go, go ahead. Take- <laughs> over. <laughs> uh, real, real quick before we wrap this up, let's let's kind of review the rest of the AFC South, starting with the Indianapolis Colts. Hot garbage with a good quarterback and T.Y. Hilton, and this Darius Leonard kid's pretty good, but everything else is bad. They're just they, they don't have enough talent. And I, I, I don't think they're. I think they knew that going into the season. I don't think they're they're uh, I don't think they're fooling anybody. Yeah, and uh, it, luck looked pretty bad to begin the season, and I talked a lot of trash about him. But I thought he's been pretty good as of late, um, and that's without T. Y. Hilton for a lot of these weeks, and without Jack Doyle. So, uh, I mean, good for the Colts that luck finally looks back. 
but they have just zero talent on offense. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I'm I'm happy for the Colts, not because I want them to succeed, but because in a draft with maybe three or four really top end defensive line like players, they're gonna play themselves just out of that position and take another guard or something and do something really stupid. But um I mean credit credit that offensive line because they protect Andrew Luck for all two point one seconds he has before he throws the ball for three yards. But I, I mean I, I don't know. It, it make that that all makes me mad um, because I think that uh, I, I honestly the coaching staff has done a really good job of making this a basically a foolproof offense, which I am jealous of. But I mean, defensively, that I mean their best player is Marcus Hunt and Darius Leonard, and Darius Leonard is, is looking good so far. But I mean, yeah. like Marcus Hunt can't ever be your second best anything. Like that that just can't happen. So I mean, they've still got a whole you know, two two years maybe of rebuild left, and then we'll see where Andrew Luck is at that point and if he stayed up and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, for this year, like, they're probably a five-win, five or six-win team, and that's much better than they should have hoped for with the roster they have. But people that are talking about them as, like, some dark horse, like, to maybe, like, win the AFC South because they've gotten hot lately, just yeah, calmed. Uh-huh. Like, they beat Oakland in a shootout. And the Bills. Who, Spoiler alert, we're recording it at a point where we know that they just lost like 38-3 to three or something to <laughs> a third-string quarterback. So, uh, I mean, maybe pump the brakes on the love fest for the Colts, but yeah. Um, I, let's talk – was it before we started recording or, or after that we talked about the Texans maybe losing every game? I think it was before. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was before. So, Will, I'm just going to let you run with that because before we started recording, Will said that he thinks there's a chance the Texans lose all the rest of their games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said it, w- it would not surprise me because that offense really only works when Will Fuller is taking the top off of the defense and Deshaun Watson can throw those really deep outside passes because – it forces the defense to play on their heels, especially the safeties. And what usually happens is Hopkins runs like a long post route or something. Just some, it's almost like he's making it up as he goes along and he's running some route like, and just to get away from the corner. And then once he has a yard of space, uh, Deshaun Watson just heaves a ball up and lets him go get it. Like it doesn't have to be an accurate pass. It doesn't have to be a good pass. He doesn't have to get any yards after it. Like, that's just how they run their offense. I mean, when they played the Titans, you know, they had Fuller and they still couldn't beat Blaine Gabbert. Like, this isn't a superhero team just because they've gotten hot lately. Uh, they still have the worst offensive line in football. Their running backs are mediocre at best. Their quarterback survives off of running around in the pocket and escaping sacks to make deep peeves that work because he has really athletic wide receivers and Demarius Thomas is not Will Fuller like don't kid yourself into thinking that Will Fuller's yards are a product of the offensive scheme or anything like that Will Fuller's offense like his his stats are because he's the fastest functional receiver in the NFL and he just gets behind defenders and Deshaun Watson is a strong enough arm to throw it you know and lead him a yard ahead and let him go underneath it and I mean, that's that's a good offense. Like, that is hard to contend when you have to go against New Hopkins and Will Fuller. But when one of those guys is gone, it becomes a lot easier to stop. And, you know, I, I'm happy for the Texans fans that think Demarius Thomas is going to fix this. He's not. And once Deshaun Watson starts getting hurt again, I mean, it's really anybody's game. Like, 
people seem to forget for some reason that he's still playing behind the worst offensive line in football. And last week he had to get on a 16 hour bus ride or whatever, because they were too afraid to fly him. Like, I mean, that's an insanely risky proposition and they're still trotting him out. So, I mean, I could see them easily going, you know, six and 10, maybe seven and nine. And everybody looking back and saying, how did they get the, how did they go on that five win, five run, you know, uh, stretch yeah. would be a collapsing Jaguars team and somehow managed to get through the Cowboys in overtime and just had all these weird plays. You know, I think it started when the Colts uh, did something stupid in overtime. Uh, it was the Eagles weekend for the Titans, so I don't remember it very much. But, like, it just all these things where it's like fluky things set them up for a weird run in the middle of the season. But, I mean, it would not surprise me if they won no more games all season. Real, real quick, Jaguars imploding that team is a joke it, it is <laughs> this implosion has been the most satisfying things ever it was, just because the, i mean they're fighting they're fighting each other right yeah yeah, yeah. fist fighting like for the real. quarterback is a bottom five quarterback in the league we all knew it uh their star running back who they spent a fourth overall pick on is injured and can't get on the field yeah. their receivers are absolute garbage they can't catch anything um, their defense doesn't even look good. Their defense doesn't even look good. That amazing all-time Bears 85 defense. It was really look. good last year. Yeah, it but was, I think it was, we, we all, yeah, all because, three of us said they were going to regress, and they have. Yeah. We, so, I don't think any of us thought it would be quite this dramatic, though. Yeah, like I think I think we talked about it, and I know my stance has always been. Like, their entire defense hinged on the fact that a 31-year-old or 33-year-old Calais Campbell had the best season of his career. Like, that thats that was the entire game-changer. Like, I mean, Yannick Ngakwe is really good. But the way that defense was so scary is because people didn't get long enough to test Miles Jack in coverage, and people weren't brave enough to run it straight into the teeth of that defense. And, I mean, there were clear blueprints on how to beat this defense last year. I mean, the Titans did it twice. Like, it's it's not a hard thing to do. Like, you've just got to be able to hold off those two guys with your tackles and be able to run up the middle with a tough running game. And if you can do that, you'll beat them. But now it's to the point where they've allowed, what, like 80 points in the last two weeks or whatever when they played the Chiefs really? and Cowboys back-to-back? Um yeah, and they and they they played the Eagles. Oh, the Chiefs oh, also. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So like they they've allowed like twenty five or more in the last three. Weeks. I mean, they look they don't look like just a good defense. They look bad. Like they look like a bottom like half of the league defense. And it's cool. Like they've got uh, Jalen Ramsey, who Jalen Ramsey is really really good. I'm not arguing that. But AJ Boye has always been kind of overrated. Their safeties are overrated because they get paid a lot of money. And Telvin Smith makes Miles Jack look good because Telvin Smith will make a tackle and Miles Jack will trip and land on top of the pile. And everybody will be like, man, look at 44 getting off the pile and making that tackle when it's none of that. So, yeah, I mean, we knew they were destined for at least a minor regression defensively and they weren't going to be the best defense of all time. And, and the people, just remember, go back and listen to the preseason podcast, not of us, just of everybody. And anybody who said that it doesn't matter who is at quarterback because they had the best defense of all time and the Ravens won Super Bowls with a bad quarterback, just because that's what people said, you should go back and listen and mark those people down because they lied to you. Quarterback play matters in the NFL. Like, that's the reason why they were destined for failure. 
and it, it's it's so uh, good for this to happen now instead of a year from now when they could explain it away as anything more than a fluke. But that's what it was. It was a fluke of Bortles being good for that one out of every three years that he's okay and he gets away with his nonsense. And it was capitalizing on spending hundreds of millions of dollars on free agents just for one or two good years. And now we're in the, uh, the portion where we see, okay, now they're going to collapse, they're going to get old, and they're going to be overpaid, and they're going to have to start stripping away parts. Yep. They're also tanking, by the way. They traded Dante Fowler. and uh, Yeah, I mean, they're they, tanking. They've pretty much given up on the season. Yeah, I, yeah. Asked, Ke- I asked Kevin Byard last week what the three-game losing streak has revealed about the character of the locker room. He said, well, it's revealed that we're not going to start fighting each other, that's for sure. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, get, I get hint, hint. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that they're salty about the Jaguars because they realize they should have won the division last year, and because they didn't, all they've had to hear in the offseason was how good the Jaguars were. Like, I don't know. It's so weird to just think, even think, like, I couldn't imagine, like, hearing about in that locker room, like, you know, uh, uh, Brian Arakpo and Jarrell Casey fight. Like, that would just be, that's so weird. But, like, for the Jaguars, I'm like, oh, okay. That's, I know. Yeah, they've always been on a razor's edge, though. Like, it's always seemed like the Jaguars were so confident, but they had such a bad quarterback situation that you were just waiting for that other shooter drop. And it's like, yeah. what's everybody going to do when they have a three-game losing streak? And if they would have lost 13-12, to 12, I don't think it would be as big of a difference. The fact that I'm sure the defensive players are getting chewed out by the defensive staff because they're allowing 40 points a game, yeah. Like, I, I'm sure it's like they're pissed because it's because Blake. Uh, I'm calling Blake because Blake Bortles keeps turning the ball over like inside their own twenty, and other teams keep scoring. So now they're the defense is hearing it from their coaches, even though it's not their fault, and it's just a perfect storm, and it's fun to watch. It is. It is. We'll be back next week to recap Monday Night Football. Um, actually, I'm going to amend that. We're just going to do one episode next week. We'll, we'll recap and preview just because it's Monday night. The games are going to be so close together. Um, so stay tuned for that. We'll recap Monday Night Football and then preview the New England Patriots. That's interesting to think about. Can't we'll, wait, we'll, honestly. We'll close with this. Yeah. Will said he has more confidence in the Titans beating the Patriots than the Titans beating the Cowboys. I do. I, I firmly believe that. Uh, thanks. Every- I, do, I don't. <laughs> I don't either. Matthias does not. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.